welcome to the Cinema Men Podcast. I'm your host, John Murphy. I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Hurdle. Hey, John. How are you? Oh, doing good. How about yourself? Well, I think it's going to be a good day today, John. Awesome. I have, uh, I've been practicing for the last uh, two months on perfecting my Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. And I thought, right. I, I thought I'd go for you in the audience tonight. Are you ready for this? Yeah, because before it was it was pretty bad. So no, I'm glad you worked on it. I spent I spent countless hours uh, studying clips and trying to emulate his voice, and I think I've got it down. And it's it's so good. Are you ready? Yeah, super ready. All right, here we go. Hello, John. It's me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get to the chopper. Oh. Hmm. What do you think? I sound just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Not better than before, I guess. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Go ahead, go ahead, John, and give me give me something to say. Sorry, I've gone Mexican. Uh, give me something to say. And I'll do Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, you can say, hey, Dylan, you son of a bitch. Dylan, you son of a bitch. I still, you, you got too much uh, Hispanic in there. No? Uh, okay, what about? You son of a bitch. Oh, two months. <laughs> Two months uh, of hard work. It's just not, you know, it's just not meant to be, John. Some some people can do great Arnold Schwarzeneggers. Mm -hmm. Others can't. (laughs) I think we both know which of those two categories I fall into. Yeah, you're can. (laughs) Totally can. Uh, I Uh, just can't do it. We'll keep working on it. Maybe another two months. Maybe we'll have another Schwarzenegger. Maybe we'll do one of the Terminators, and then I can give her another go. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll I'll keep I'll keep working. Well, on tonight's episode, we are going to be reviewing the 1987 action action action. It's action. an action movie. <laughs> I'm blended action and horror there. <laughs> action horror film Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed yeah, by. It's- Arnold sounds like Sylvester Stallone. Yes, I know. That's where I'm at with it. At least, at least you're not like using Hispanic accents for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Uh, the 1987 action horror film Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed by John McTiernan. Oh, I thought Chris Hansen was in this. Predator? Chris Hansen. Directed by John McTiernan. You know, to catch a predator. Oh, gosh. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't wait like... till you would read the IMDb synopsis. <laughs> no, I made that over, joke. That went over my head. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat right there? <laughs> <laughs> just drop drop a big log on his head that's how you catch a predator 
That's what we should have done for the intro instead of my terrible Schwarzenegger impression. We should have done to catch a predator. <laughs> well, we sort of did. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, but let's keep moving. Uh, this is a spoiler podcast, so if you've never seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, pause this episode, go watch the movie, and then come back. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where we reveal what our next movie will be so you can follow along with us. If you would like to get in touch with us or give us your take on a movie, you can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. If you would like to support us monetarily and have the means to do so, you can go to anchor.fm slash cinemamenpodcast slash support. We use the money to improve the quality of the podcast, so in advance, thank you very much. Let's get started with our review of Predator, 1987. We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jeff. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He ah! will skin alive. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. All gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. That was much. That was a trailer from Predator. <laughs> uh, so when I was finding the video for this, one of the first comments was, "Ah, yes, back when trailers were worse than the movies they depicted." <laughs> mm. <laughs> Thought that was they pretty accurate. Didn't put the time into the trailers back then that they do now. Yeah. Uh, so the plot synopsis from IMDb.com for Predator: A team of commandos on a mission in a Central American jungle find themselves hunted by an extraterrestrial warrior. Uh, so yeah. this this was my pick. Um, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode. The, uh, where we reviewed Teen Wolf. Um, I picked this one because I just finished watching the movie Prey, which is a uh, Hulu exclusive. Uh, it's a new entry in the Predator series directed by Dan Trachtenberg. And it it was a good movie. Uh, and it got me in the mood to watch the original Predator again. And so that's why I, I picked this. Um so the first thing we're going to talk about is the plot. Um, and I'm going to head this one off first. 
So this is almost a perfect plot for an action film. Um, it's super tight. There's no fat on the bone with this one. Everything has a purpose. <laughs> um, you've got a little bit of a, a backstory with the CIA and this whole, like, uh, they're sending soldiers uh, into this jungle to take care of business. Um, that's just kind of like the way that they uh, con these this rescue team into into getting on the ground and, and doing the job. Uh, but it seemed like, to me, every scene in this movie is meaningful in some way, whether it's building character, building tension, or to present the action or the horror elements in the movie. Um, once again, love the concept of this intergalactic hunter coming down to Earth uh, to f test his metal against whatever's on that planet. Um, it's kind of like a long-distance hunting trip <laughs> uh, for this guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's not really a straight action film either. Like I said, it's got this more, more uh, plot than you would really need from a movie like this. Um, you've got this relationship between Dylan and Dutch. They don't really go into it a lot, but you could tell they're old buddies. They, they went to war together. They did missions together. Um, and then you've got uh, plot beats in between other characters like um, uh, Jesse Ventura's character um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, Max character, who was played by Bill Duke. Um, they clearly have a friendly relationship. Uh, you've got all these disparate character beats from all these characters. Nothing you necessarily needed to have, but it was there. And I really thought it fleshed out the, the film and added a lot to it. Um, but what did you think about the plot? Um, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with a lot of what you're saying there. I think that the uh, the plot is adequate and it's interesting and it holds up um you know i got uh a little bogged down in the details for me i think you could say um you know like is it really necessary to have this whole plot with the cia tricking this rescue special forces team to come into the jungle uh, just to have an excuse to have the Predator versus these really elite guys. Like, I felt like that was a little bit extra. Like, like just throw them in the jungle. Right? We, don't, we don't need all this elaborate trickery and backstory because ultimately, like, the whole betrayal of Dutch by Dylan isn't really that much. You know, it, it, it's kind of driving home this whole you're expendable and you know, regardless of what you feel personally, you are owned by the government and we tell you what to do kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, that's OK, I guess. But I don't know, like at the end of the day, for a Predator movie, I want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, a bunch of guns and a Predator. And I want to see him in the jungle and I want to see him for 10 rounds, you know, like that's yeah. what I want. Uh, I don't sure. I don't care about this other stuff. So that, mm -hmm. that seemed a little bit um, unnecessary. But that said, uh, it's interesting. You know, you don't even see the Predator until, what, like 30 minutes in it, maybe longer than that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, you know, the whole first 
really kind of a quarter to half of this movie is just us meeting all these characters. And then we watch them all get killed one by one until it's Schwarzenegger versus the predator, uh, which is what we all paid to see. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the plot's good. I, that's a little nitpicky, I think, because all in all, it doesn't matter that much. Um, it's an entertaining movie. This isn't a movie I'm coming to see for the plot. This is a movie I'm coming for the action and the visuals and the cool, uh, I guess, creepy factor of Predator, which that's one thing I, I kind of want to bring up. When I was a kid, and I say kid, when I was younger, this movie was kind of scary to me. Mm-hmm. And now, as a grown man, it's not even a little bit scary. It's just an action flick. It's a sci-fi action flick. There's no horror at all, except from the gore elements in this movie. Um, do you are like? Were you the same for you? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember watching this movie um, on TV on like uh, not, not cable, but like ABC, NBC. They would run like a Saturday night movie mm-hmm. on TV from time to time, and I vividly remember watching Predator on one of those Saturday night viewings when it would, it would air like 10 or 11 at night. Um, and I, I was creeped out by the predator, um, just because, and we'll get into this, but just the way they made him look and mm-hmm. the way he acts, the way he tries to mimic voice, the way he uses his infrared, uh, infrared vision to, to s- scout out his prey. Like mm-hmm. I was creeped out. Um, See, I was now, too when I was young. No, not yeah. so much. <laughs> It's not creepy at all. And I I wonder if it's that we're just older or if it's that there's been so many Predator movies out since then that there's no mystery left anymore. Yeah. Maybe it's a little of both. Maybe both. I would, I would think for me personally, it's more of this getting older slash desensitization of, of horror maybe because when I watched Predator that, that night, that Saturday night, whenever it was, that that's one of the first, maybe one of the first horror type things I've watched. Mm-hmm. And, and for sure, one that was so well done, <clears throat> um, that, that adds to it. Yeah, I, I agree, I guess. It's just, it, it, it's interesting, because yeah, when I was young, this movie scared me to death. You know, I thought Predators were just the coolest thing ever, but the movie would just terrify me. I was like, man, that's freaking terrifying. It's so scary. And now I'm just like, man, that's so cool. Like, hey, this is great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, exactly. You know, I want to give this movie's points for coming out in 87. Uh, so you got the late eighties. Uh, at this point you've had Terminator and things like that. But, um, you know, before this movie came out, there wasn't really anything like it out there. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, this is pretty unique. Um, you've got Alien, which, you know, it's been said that this is the same world and we've had crossover movies and all of that. But when you get down to it, Alien and Predator are pretty different films, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention is you you brought up the fact that, you know, the, the Predator had come down to hunt people on this hunting expedition. Mm-hmm. This movie never actually says that, I don't think. It. Just barely. Um, I mean, we know it because we've seen all the other Predator movies. Yeah. But I think... Go ahead. 
I think Arnold mentions at one point, it's a throwaway line. He says something about um, taking oh, trophies or something, right? Yeah, that, but that, well, that's in the subtext. So, like, you, at the end of the movie, you see he's, cl he's collecting skulls of the people that he has killed <laughs> and putting them in his little compartment thing. So, that's one thing. But the other thing is, uh, Anna, she tries to pick up a gun or something. And Arnold says, don't drop the gun. He, he won't. He basically. Oh, yeah. He, um, you're unarmed. That's why he wouldn't hurt yeah. you or something like that. I'll so that. In the subtext, you can kind of gather that he he's not killing uh, Willie. They do mention sport, too, a few times. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what I got gathered from it. And, yeah, uh, obviously, that. yeah. obviously I know because I've. <laughs> I've well, yeah, some... we know now. Definitely. I was just, yeah. I was watching this and, you know, it doesn't ever really say outright that, you know, this is a race of aliens that come and hunt and that's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there, there was a little more mystery about it back then when this was, you know, this was the first time we'd ever seen or heard of the predator, you know, it, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed the plot. It's mm -hmm. not perfect. Um, it, I'm not going to give this movie a 10 because of the plot, but it, that's not, that's not why you're here, you know? No, and I agree, like, it's not it's not my favorite part of the movie, but I do enjoy how they set everything up. Like, you said it yourself, they don't have to do, they didn't have to do anything that they did in this movie with, like, the subplot and all that. But mm -hmm. I think it, it adds to the movie and makes it more timeless, and it we establish certain things that I enjoy, like, Dutch is the leader of this rescue team. His his job, the thing that he always does, is rescue people, mm -hmm. and he doesn't like to go on missions where he does underhanded things or things that he thinks is wrong. And so that's how he he was basically conned by his friend to do this job. When if he had known about it up up front, he probably wouldn't have taken the job on. Right. Um, so I like that, and um, I like how it establishes the, the characters, like I said. Um, uh, so, yeah, I I definitely like the plot. I I just, I agree. I don't think it's the strongest part of the movie, but yeah, uh, I'm glad it's in there. Now, I will say, and this kind of cur curtails on acting a little bit, but uh, I think I used that word right there, curtails. <laughs> sure. It's not a word I use every day, you know, <laughs> curtails, curtails. Anyway, um, but one thing I did really enjoy about this movie was the characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, every member of Dutch's squad is unique and interesting, and they all contribute to the plot uniquely, but without being obnoxious about it. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, like I like that way better than the plot. You know, I, that's, I guess I don't care about the plot. I just want to see these characters in a crazy situation and I want to see what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, and every one of them I liked watching. And, you know, when they died, I, I can't say I was sad, you know, because I know this movie and, you know, it's a predator movie and that's what you expect. But, mm -hmm. you know, I, I felt like I kind of knew who they were. And they, I don't, they're not deep. They're almost like, caricatures of stereotypes mm -hmm. which that's kind of a 
what do you call it when you say the same thing twice? It's kind of redundant, right? Redundant, but yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of what they are. They all have their own little unique, very colorful personality, and it really shines through, but not in a negative way. They're they're all interesting. Yeah. And uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Right. Got to give it. Got to give it points for that. Right. I mean, what what are some of the characters we've got? Well, you got Dutch, of course, yeah. the leader, the you know the the big guy. You've got uh, Dylan, played by Carl Weathers. He's the mm-hmm. CIA guy who's old friends with Arnold or with Dutch. Uh, you've got who else have you got? You got Mac. How would you Great describe character. Mac? He is. Like the southern, like seems like he was maybe from Georgia or something. Mm-hmm. Just like tough nosed guy, very good at his job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Then he's got this little tick where he shaves his face constantly. Yeah, what was that? That was really strange, wasn't it? Yeah, like always looking for the predator and hunting, and he's out there dry shaving his face with Ugh. sweat. Yeah, that's how you know he's tough. Uh, you've got Jesse Ventura. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Jesse the Body. Yeah. yeah, Jesse the Body in his first ever movie, playing Blaine, the uh, kind of Southern boy too. But he's like white trash Southern, I guess. Like he's always <laughs> yeah. got a big chew in his mouth, and he's spitting uh-huh. and chewing. One of the most you've... memorable characters in this movie is him. Oh yeah, definitely. Well. Got that uh, chain gun or Gatling gun? Oh, thing. that gun is so cool! <laughs> you know that originally that that's the that's the kind of gun that would be mounted on like a helicopter, on the side of a helicopter. And in order to get him a version that he could hold, they had to do all kinds of modifications. And they actually wound up like powering it with an electrical cable that he had to run like into his pants and down his leg and out through the bottom. <laughs> uh, but it, that's great. The mm-hmm. the scene where he uh, you know he. They light up the jungle and he just sits there and he stops firing, but he keeps the barrel spinning. And all you hear is that. Oh, I love it. I love it. Great. Uh, you got Richard Chavez who plays Poncho, mm-hmm. who's kind of the, uh, what, like the Native American tracker, knows the woods super well kind of character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought like, that was uh, Billy, Sonny Landham. Was that Sonny Lanham? Yeah, that, that's the Native American guy. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's. Oh. Um, well, who was Poncho? He was less memorable, but he was the guy... I don't know. He was he was the guy who could speak to Anna, like he knew Spanish. Oh, okay. He was that guy. Yeah, he didn't yeah. have much of a role. He was he probably had the least of the personalities. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I Billy agree. then. I apologize. Billy was really interesting because he was like... Mm-hmm one with nature and he was the one who could like tell the predator was lurking around even though nobody else could mm-hmm. and they're like you know what's got him so spooked you heard that in the trailer <laughs> yeah. i love that line by the way yeah. it wasn't well acted or delivered but it was, it's a great line anyway mm-hmm. it fits great connection to prey too because prey is it centers on native mm-hmm. americans uh, i like that yeah, yeah that's Un- really cool to see uh, probably unintentional connection but uh, it's there anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Shane Black playing Hawkins, who is kind of the, like he comes across as kind of the nerdy guy, the socially awkward nerdy guy, but he's 
he's really kind of a badass in and of his own, right? Like we mm-hmm. see him do some pretty amazing things. He's always telling really nasty jokes that aren't that funny. <laughs> oh, he got he got Billy that one time though. <laughs> he does uh, he does like to tell jokes about female genitalia. That is his favorite uh, subject. Shane um, Black, uh, the director, Shane Black, also. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that was who that was until I saw the credits roll. Yep, he uh, a writer and a director. You know, he mm-hmm. wrote Iron Man three. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. One of them, oh, a, great a great movie. movie. It is yeah. a really good movie. We should cover that one sometime. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, all the characters are great. I felt like. And it was probably my favorite part of the movie. And, of course, you can't forget the Predator. Um, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's a Predator. It doesn't really talk. It just kind of <laughs> kind of like slow motion cat purrs or something. Whatever it does. It clicks. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. I love how they and again, they took the time to flesh these characters out, make them not just one dimensional, give them some entertainment value. Um, If they had lingered on any of them too long, it probably would have felt fall apart, fallen apart. Um, But they just had enough dialogue in between them to kind of make it sound cool and be cool. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura at one point says, I don't got time to bleed after oh, he's been shot. There are a lot of great lines in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then that uh, is a big one. Yeah. I think it was Poncho actually that follows that up with, Do you have time to duck? And he shoots like a bunch of grenades up in the air and <laughs> to take care of the bad guy. It's like, oh, Poncho did weird. get some words in there. Yeah. Well, I feel bad for getting those two characters mixed up, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. So acting is a good transition. So the characters were awesome. <laughs> it curtails. It curtails. Uh, you thought the characters were good. Were the actors behind the characters good? Um, you and, so in my opinion, as far as the acting goes, uh, it's it's pretty standard fare. I, I don't think anything was amazing. Um, I think probably the best acting in terms of pure acting was done by uh, Bill Duke playing Mac. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because you kind of see him go nuts at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way he plays that is, is really well done. Uh, everybody else is what I like to call Dragon Ball Z actors. Uh, you know, th- there's yeah. lots of... Ah! Uh, 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 you know, lots of that, <laughs> lots yeah. of growling and grunting and yelling and, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, it, which it's hard to really say that's acting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, it's not bad though. Honestly, I'm not complaining about it, even if it might sound like I am. I thought the acting was acceptable all the way through, um, with a couple of, uh, shine through moments but for the most part just standard dragon ball z action movie top over the top masculine action acting, <laughs> you know um, mm-hmm. the emphasis in a movie like this is again it's going to be on the action and the visuals it's not on the plot or and it's not on the acting it, it's all about you know who has big muscles that's what we care about not who who's you know over there going you know, to be or not to be. And then the predator's like, not to be. Nothing not like to that. Be. You know? 
you're done for. Uh, okay. I, I once again I agree with you that the acting didn't have to be good, but I think it is good. I think it elevates the movie again. I think this is one of Schwarzenegger's best roles. I like, will agree with that. I think he did exceptionally well in this movie. Yeah. I mean, when you look at like even Terminator, uh, Terminator one, um, or anything else he's done besides maybe Terminator two, uh, this shines above all of them. Um, he, he is, he embodies that character from the mm-hmm. moment he's sitting in that helicopter at the beginning of the movie, sucking on that cigar to the moment where he's yelling at the moon, mud covered like a caveman. Like he, he does a great job at uh, playing that role for sure. I, I agree completely. I, I think no. he's done better, but I think that without doubt, this is one of his best. Yeah. And you know, we get to see him be more of a human in this movie. He's not, you know, this rock golem of a man who's running around, you know, like in commando or something. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a human. Yep. And that comes through. Like you see him exercising tons of confidence, but at the same time, you can also see a layer of fear underneath that. And yeah, especially that's, at that's kind of complex. I felt like, and I, I thought he did amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I got, for some reason, I got Charlton Heston vibes off of him through this movie. Hmm. Um, less muscular, obviously, Charlton Heston is, but uh, facial expressions. I for some reason, see, uh, Arnold, you know, running around. It's a madhouse. <laughs> this is a madhouse. <laughs> Get to the chopper. <laughs> you, you damn dirty ape. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. We need Schwarzenegger in a Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, he could have done it in his younger days. That would have been pretty good, I think. Yeah. Uh, But I also agree with you that Bill Duke elevates this movie with his performance as well. Um, He's probably, yeah, he's above Arnold, but I I want to give Arnold a shout out just because he does a really good job in this. Um, The supporting cast is great. Jesse the Body, Carl Weathers, Shane Black, everybody. Apollo Um, Creed. Yeah. Everybody has that role to play. Oh, Carl Weathers is jacked, by the way. I always yeah. forget that he was muscle bound as well. Um, so here's a here's a fun story about this movie and Carl Weathers. So you know, there's a lot of manly um, men in this movie. You could mm-hmm. say they lose their and shirts by the end. The, it was a tradition in this film for most of these guys to wake up really early in the morning before filming and go work out. They all did this. Well, Carl wouldn't. He would let everybody go in the gym and then he would wait until nobody else was there. And then he would go work out. And he maintained throughout the entire production of this film that uh, his physique was what God gave him. (laughs) He told him that he didn't work out. This is just what I was born with. And what he was doing was he was waiting until everyone was out of the gym. And then he was going in and getting his workout. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. And yeah, Carl Weathers, I love that dude. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big fan of him. Yep. Yeah, he's <clears throat> very good in this. Like, he's almost a little bit like um, snivelly. Like, he's. He, yeah, a little he, bit. But he's, he's the bad guy, right? 
sort of. Sort of. Like he's muscle bound. He's clearly Dutch's buddy, but he's he's hiding something. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of has a redemption arc at the end where he goes and tries to save uh, Duke. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, obviously doesn't make it, but he tried. <laughs> yeah. Um, El, El, El Padilla Carrillo. Um, she played Anna. Mm-hmm. I think she was a little underutilized, but at the same time, she also played a pretty critical role in the movie by identifying the blood and she saw the predator kill uh, Hawkins and you know, she knew what was going on a little bit more than everybody else. So I thought it was all right. Yeah, she did. She did a great job, I think. Um, any other comments in acting? Um, well, I guess we could talk a little bit about the predator. Oh, yes. Uh, so the predator was played by Kevin Peter Hall, uh, who is a large man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's, uh, what, 6'9", something like that. Uh, really tall guy. And he did a pretty good job with the Predator suit. Uh, and the reason I'm, I'm bringing that up particularly is because that Predator suit weighed over 200 pounds. And yeah. so he's trying to walk through the jungle wearing 200 pounds on his body. And not just on, like a backpack. Like He's covered in 200 pounds of material. He's pouring sweat in this sweltering hot jungle in Mexico, which is where it was filmed. I don't know where it was supposed to be set at. Um, and, and, you know, it was so heavy that in some cases they had to, like, rig cables to the costume so that he could move convincingly because otherwise he looked like a knight in armor, you know, clunking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that he was able to make the Predator be so smooth uh, while wearing that is phenomenal to me. And, and so he definitely deserves some praise. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, something else about him that's kind of interesting. You know, he played Harry in Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, oldie but a goodie. So he is, uh, <laughs> he's kind of been typecast as full costume guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, he he did great as the predator. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> a classic example of how you use well, this sort of gets into the next category, but classic example of how you use practical effects and costumes to make yeah. something look real. Excuse me. Um, so why don't we do that? Get into art direction, cinematography, and visual effects. I mean, you really curtailed that category. <laughs> You're just gonna. Sprinkle that throughout the episode. Let's bring it back. Let's start using curtail in everyday language. (laughs) Well, sure, let's do it. How do you curtail something? You allude to it closely. (laughs) Uh Let's let's curtail on over here to our direction. Right now we're curtailing a really bad podcast. I don't know if we're alluding or not. We're just shit shoving it <laughs> in your face. <clears throat> it's uh, literal. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so this movie visually is timeless, I think. Like, 
it still holds up today. It may even look better today than it did back then because you've got the the uh, Blu-ray that that I watched in, in particular that had some stuff cleaned up and whatever. Um, but it's just a a great looking movie. Like there's one one thing that I can point to that I would be like ah that, that could be better. But other than that, it's it's just so good. Um, from the sets to the predator costume to the gore to the human costumes, everything looks looks great. Um, except for <laughs> the predator camouflage. Yep. Um, and I knew that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> there's some places where it's fine, but there's places where he's like jumping from tree limb to tree limb. And it just looks like a blurry blob and you can't tell mm. what, what it is or what, he, what is going on. Um, that could have been it, a whole uh, lot better. It definitely looks a lot better in the newer movies. It's, yes. uh, it's struggling back there in the 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, when that camouflage broke, I was like, yes, thank God. <laughs> I will uh, say, though, the, the flashing eye effect was kind of neat. Yeah, you see the eyes flash in the camouflage. I thought that was cool, but yeah, you're right. That camo looked kind of rough, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, I love all the gadgets that the predator has on him. He has like an arm cannon, like laser thing. He's got uh, a wrist device where he can apparently self destruct. <laughs> He's got, um, you know, the classic. Uh, helmet, which gives him the infrared vision, I assume. I don't think his eyes actually transmit infrared. Yeah, you know, they, they kind of... You don't really get an answer to that. Because hmm. at the end of the movie, he takes off his mask to fight Dutch. And when he takes his mask off, his vision is pretty much the same, except everything looks red instead of blue. Yeah. I couldn't so, tell if that was still infrared or if the ma- the mask was like filtering his vision yeah or something uh yeah just just great uh some of the gore is still like uh when Jesse Ventura gets shot in the back with his predator's laser gun and it like goes through him and you can see the hole and um uh, when uh, Mac gets shot in the head uh point blank <laughs> the predator uh, Which, just some... There was a bit of an issue there because, like, we pretty much see Mac's head explode, <laughs> and then in the next shot, you see him just laying there dead, and you can see him looking up at the camera. I was like, "Wait a minute! Didn't maybe didn't his head con- just blow up?" This continuity error there, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and then Carl Weathers' arm getting lopped off. Uh, just all the the gore effects were awesome. Um, and I thought the camera work was good too. Uh, I like how they, they don't, they, they don't show you the predator until, like you said, many minutes into the movie. You can, you can see maybe the camouflage or you can see him looking at them, but you don't actually see him until much later. And so they'll do like pan shots where they pan across the jungle and, you can actually see the predator in camouflage in a lot of the shots, but they don't they don't focus on it, and they let the audience be like, "Oh, I see him; he's right there." Um, that I thought that was neat. Um, 
and uh, the shots from the perspective of the predator were very uh, predatory. Uh, oh my god! So, so that was good. I like that. Um, but I'm rambling. What What did you think? Um, so this is where this movie really shines, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, visual effects, art direction, special effects, the whole shebang. It is awesome. Uh, I agree with you. The the freaking gore is it's next level stuff. It looks great today. Like you could put that in, that gore could be in a movie made today and it would still look incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're using real guts or what, but it, it, it just holds up like the, the skinned alive guys. So creepy looking, just hanging there. Uh, the pile of viscera they find um, after uh, what's his name gets killed. The first one that goes down bad joke guy. I can't remember his name, but oh, Hawkins. He, uh, yeah, Hawkins. When he gets taken down and you see bits of guts and they're like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what could do that? Um, just yeah. outstanding. Uh, the jungle setting, oh, it's so good. Um, you know, it feels claustrophobic, but it also feels green and open and wild and kind of primal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it's shot in this tight jungle, like it leaves there's no guessing as to what's going on, which that would be really easy to do to make a whole bunch of quick cuts and, you know, and then green blur and then it's nothing like that. Like you can Mm -hmm. see everything. Everything's well positioned, well shot, well lit, despite the fact that they're in the middle of a friggin' jungle, um, or at least a set that looks like a jungle or, you know, wherever they're at, they did it amazing. Um, The costumes, all of the costumes are awesome. Uh, Arnold's costume, all of the costumes on the characters, we talked about them having unique personalities. Their costumes adequately reflect those personalities. Uh, Jesse Ventura's hat, for example, or the way Dylan is always dressed real tight and proper, like he's in, you know, like he's about to line up for, you know, some kind of military ceremony or something. Um, You know, and you've got uh, Billy, you know, who's shirtless half the time. And, uh, (laughs) You know, it's just uh, outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really, really good. The Predator itself looks incredible. It's one of the most iconic, I guess you'd say, alien or monster designs ever created, in my opinion. And really, it's it's just a human in a suit when you, when you get yeah. down to it. You know, it's mm-hmm. got arms and legs and a torso. It looks just human. Mm-hmm. But it's incredible. That, that helmet, so cool. Uh, the face itself is incredible. It's awesome. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a whole bunch of spiders that have names that are based on characters in this film because the the mandibles of the spider kind of resemble the predator itself. It's really kind of neat. You can look it up. Like the only one I remember outright is Bane. I know there's a spider named after Bane, but uh, you know, just it's awesome. Yeah. Um, as far as stuff I didn't like, uh, there were two things that I'll mention that I didn't like. One, you you said, and that is the camouflage. It just doesn't do the job today. Back mm-hmm. then, I think it was probably cool. It was probably kind of oh, yeah. like the shields in Dune, you know? <laughs> Back then, the shields were probably great, but now, mm-hmm. not so much. You yeah. know, now, 
it looks a little yeah. rough. Yeah. The uh, the other thing that I didn't really like was I think they overused the heat vision. Mm. Uh, in particular, near the end of the movie, uh, there are way too many predator point of view shots and it gets a little confusing because all I can see are blobs of color and I'm like, come on. Like, I want to see this fight. I don't want to see, you know, blobs of color while Arnold's going, blah, 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 you know. Uh, That's the best impression you've had so far. Uh, you know, I'm getting better. I told you I'd work on it. Um, but really, in the grand scheme of this movie, those are two very small things that um, don't subtract from the value of this film, in my opinion, at least not very much. No, um, yeah. The this is a good movie, and I think the art direction is really why it's a good movie. Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, oh, another the the end where Arnold goes into caveman mode. Mm-hmm. Every bit of that is fantastic. Watching mm-hmm. him take like the powder from bullets and make little leaf explosives and rig up traps with the spiky uh, tree limbs and raising the big log that ultimately does the predator in and he's covered in mud and the lighting is just perfect. Like mm-hmm. he's got uh, some torches lit and oh man, so good. And then he yells at the the sky <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's almost like ape-like the way he looks like it's very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but he's gone primal basically. Uh, to to fight this predator, yeah, uh, so good. <sighs> um, anything else of note? Um, well, I'll tell you, I've got something that I'm tempted to bring up, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an option here. Okay, I can either bring it up here, or I can have two winners for best scene spice awards. Well, you always have two anyway, so. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll save it for the spice awards. <laughs> um, yeah, this category is probably the winner of all of them. For sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, but this next one's no slouch either, in my opinion. Score! Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Alan Silvestri. And you can tell it's Alan Silvestri because there's a few beats in here that sound just like Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, played, right. I played some of that at the beginning, and if if you know Back to the Future score, you can you can pick it out. Um, but it's this just like it's almost uh, it's not Terminator. Like, come on. <laughs> versus da, 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 da. you can almost put them together and make one song oh, you're yeah. exactly right <laughs> but that was like they're two years apart so he might have been working on both at the same time mm-hmm. you never know <clears throat> um, but it, it's not quite Terminator like in the way that it's like uh, but it's got some metallic like that I don't know what instrument or thing he used to mm-hmm. make that initial sound but then it's like and then that that uh driving and it's just over 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 but it's it's good all throughout um 
pretty pretty iconic when you think about it. It's just not up there with maybe Terminator or Back to the Future, but when you, when you hear it uh, in the movie, you're like, oh yeah, this is really good. I thought. Yeah, uh, I could not agree more. Um, in fact, in in the notes that I've written on score, you basically read them just then. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to read you my note verbatim so that you can okay. hear it. You ready? Okay. The main theme is outstanding. It's a great one. It's iconic, and it takes you straight into the Predator mindset. It's not top tier, but it is just below top tier. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much exactly what you just said right like mm-hmm. yep. it's a great it's great it's one of the greats but it's a, a tier below some of the other stuff like indiana jones star wars jurassic park some of those true just i don't know gems right but yeah i, I don't want to downplay this it, it's incredible it, it's yeah. you know it, it takes me back to a day when movies had themes like that you don't see that much anymore Mm-hmm. And uh, I miss it. I really do. And, and this movie yeah. has it in spades. Uh, on top of that, um, you know, it's it's a solid, it has an 80s theme feel to it. Like it's 87. It, it sounds like 80s, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound so 80s that it gets out of date as time passes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like there's 80s inspiration in the theme, just like with Back to the Future. But it's, it, it holds, it stands the test of time. You know, today I could put that record on and I could listen to it and I could really enjoy it. And I wouldn't feel like I need to, you know, go watch a whole bunch of eighties movies afterwards or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, I've been talking about the theme, but I don't want to neglect the rest of the soundtrack. The oh, whole yeah. soundtrack's good. Now I think the theme shines, but that's what a theme's supposed to do. It's supposed to shine above the rest of them. It's the theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of these tracks are wonderful. Uh, I actually sat down and listened to the entire soundtrack in preparation for this podcast, just because I wanted to, I really intended to just listen to a little bit of it. And I got so into it. I just listened to the whole thing. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. Um, and so I don't have anything bad to say about it at all. Honestly, it's no. outstanding. Yeah, it's great. Uh, underrated I'll say that it's underrated soundtrack yeah yeah uh, and then it, during when they're flying in uh, on the helicopter they're playing uh, it's Little Richard I think uh, I forget the name of the song Having oh song. yeah yeah Having fun play, or, a little, play a little, yeah. little Richard in there yeah and that's a another good like it's almost a stereotype at this point where if you have some military guys in a helicopter, you play like a oldies song <laughs> or a song from the sixties, uh, AKA Vietnam stuff. Uh, it's almost like a requirement, but it fit. Um, and they were actually playing the song on the radio in the helicopter. So that it made sense that we were hearing this music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, that was good too, that they were having, telling jokes and uh, Jesse Ventura was spitting uh, tobacco on Dylan's shoe. And there's all kinds of stuff going on in that helicopter, but good stuff. Um, Any miscellaneous? The Predator's Blood, that green neon Uzi stuff. Mm -hmm. 
kind of looks like Mountain Dew. Um, Iconic. Iconic yeah. blood. Glowing. Yeah. Oh, and the scene where he's patching himself up. He's got like a med mm-hmm. kit and he's got a suture and he's like injecting himself with some like uh, pain medication or some mm-hmm. antibiotic. Oh, so good. Uh, but that was made using a mixture of the liquid liquid from inside glow sticks. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And KY jelly. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. So if any of you guys want to make your own homemade predator blood, there you go. Easy peasy. Uh, here's here's something. I, I said I didn't have anything, but this is something that I uh, I found. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was trying to be cool like all the all the kids out there, and I was scrolling through the old TikToks the other day, and yeah. I stumbled across a TikTok that mentioned this movie and some okay. interesting similarities between a very popular TV show known as Stranger Things. Okay. And uh, there were quite a few. Really? So, uh, for one, uh, you've got Billy, one of the uh, characters in the film, right? Mm-hmm. There's a character there. named Billy in Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. <laughs> there okay. is um, a character named Hawkins in Predator. Predator takes place in Hawkins. Stranger they things. Find so they find a uh, dog tag and Arnold reads the dog tag. And do you know what the dog tag's name was? Hopper. It was Jim Hopper. <laughs> huh. And I wish I knew where that TikTok was, TikTok, where that TikTok was. I would link it in the show notes, but I'll probably never find it again. But there were there were several uh, little convenience uh connections like that it makes me wonder if there wasn't some inspiration taken in stranger things from this film oh very possible yeah hmm that's wild Alrighty, overall thoughts and star rating okay here um, comes so you know this is a really really good action sci-fi film um this is the kind of movie you come to see for the visuals. You come to be entertained. You don't come to watch, uh, you know, A-list actors performing Shakespearean dramas and, you know, doing all artsy kind of stuff. This is a movie you slam a couple beers and you sit down and you're like, yeah, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Carl Weathers. Look at him go. Jesse Ventura. Oh, you son of a bitch. You know, it's... <laughs> It's a fun action film, right? That used to be scary, but now it's just a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I don't think the plot's the strongest. I don't think the acting is the best, but it doesn't matter because that's not what this movie's about. I, uh, you know, th- this is a film. I will say this. I don't think it held up as good as I thought it would. Um, you know, watching it this time through, I uh, I wasn't bored, but I wasn't thrilled either. And that could be because I've probably seen this movie 50 times, right? I, I know what's going to happen, so there's nothing left to really thrill me. Um, so I'm going to give it a little bit of a pass on that. But um, 
you know, compared to how this was in the eighties, when I watched it, when I was young, it felt a little bland compared to what my imagination had it set as mm-hmm. that said, it remains a solid movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, I recommend it if you haven't seen it and you like this type of thing, which if you like this kind of thing, you've definitely seen this movie. Let's be real. But uh, if you haven't, if you're one, someone out there listening that hasn't, you should watch it. It's it's a really good time. It's fun. It started a franchise that continues today. Like we're like with Prey, we're talking about they just made another Predator movie. It's 2022. This movie was in 1987. I mean, that alone says quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, music, music is outstanding, uh, way underrated, super good music. I think I'm going to have to come in probably with an eight out of 10 on this one. I'm tempted to go seven, but uh, in respect for the long running franchise, um, I think I'm going to say it's an eight. I also want to say, I think this is probably the second best predator movie ever made. What's the first? I'm going to give it to Prey. I liked Prey better than this movie. Oh, really? Hmm. I did. But this is not a Prey review. This is a Predator review. Um, And until Prey came out, this was very solidly the best Predator movie ever made. But Hmm. I think Prey has dethroned it. Interesting. Well, I will start from there and I'll say I, I enjoyed Prey. I thought it was good. Um, the director is a guy that I, I follow. Um, so it was really neat to see that. I don't think it hits the levels of Predator original <clears throat> um, for a few reasons, but I won't go into them. I'll just say uh, don't use CG if you can help it. <laughs> and see, there, there was a lot of the use of CG for the Predator in Prey. Um but that being said, for Predator 1987, I love this movie. Um, it is, to me, I wasn't sure about it because it had been a while since I've seen it, but it is timeless. Like, I can watch it in another 20 years and I'll have, it won't have changed a bit except for that camouflage. Um, it'll still be watchable. Um, so I think that that's one thing that elevates it. Um, the plot didn't have to be as involved as it was. Uh, I like the building of characters, the building of this backstory. Uh, there's a reason why they're in the jungle. They're not just thrown in, uh, for no apparent reason. Um, the acting is pretty darn good for what it is. Uh, all the characters are unique. They have their own moment to shine. Uh, they really add a lot of entertainment value to it to the movie um the score is great the visuals are amazing uh the the gore effects the makeup effects the uh, costumes are all wonderful um this is the reason movies are great uh because you have a movie like this that is so fun and entertaining uh but can also be scary maybe to some people um, but it, it's just a good time at, at the movies and I really enjoy it. So I will give it a nine out of 10. Excellent. If it weren't for that camouflage, I would have given it a 10 out of 10. 
Oh my gosh, that's that's a hard man. It's that's it's hard for just that one piece. That's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, all right, time for some spice awards. The spice awards. Four categories. We've got best actor, most underrated performance, favorite scene, and the salt award. Best actor. What do you got? Uh, I gave this one to Bill Duke, who played Mac. Here we are again, bro. Just you and me. Same kind of moon, same kind of jungle. Real number 10 night, remember? Whole platoon, 32 men chopped into meat. We walk out, just you and me. Nobody here. Right on top of Not a scratch, not a fucking scratch. Uh, you know, I think he did outstanding. I, I haven't really paid attention to him as an actor before. And seeing him in this film makes me wish I had paid more attention to him. Mm-hmm. He, he's phenomenal in this. He's, he, you know, he, he plays, how do I say this? At the end of the film, when he really gets a chance to shine, he absolutely shines. He he's crazy. He's freaked out, but he's still a soldier and you can just see it. And the way he's able to communicate so much with just glances of his eyes and very subtle facial movements, um, just great. Uh, to me, he was uh, easily the standout actor in this movie. Yeah. Um, really good performance by him. His uh, relationship with Blaine was 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 good, and he was clearly distraught whenever he uh, bit the dust. Uh, not in a like in- inconsolable way necessarily, but like in a like uh, '80s military manly way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he did have his moment. Uh, he was he was standing watch uh, over everybody, and he was looking up at the sky, and he was reminiscing about. Uh, things that they had done in the past, and it, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and spoilers, that's my uh, that was my pick for most underrated performance. And I don't be giving it away. That's the <laughs> next category. Uh, I curtailed uh, my oh. most underrated performance. All right, all right. I'm giving you a pass because you said curtailed. Did I use it right? <laughs> I don't know, but we're rolling with it. You know, when in Rome. <laughs> An old wooden ship. Uh, my pick was Arnold Schwarzenegger, who played Dutch. Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan! You son of a bitch. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? Had enough? Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. 
Okay, okay, okay. You never did know when to quit, huh? Damn good to see you, Dutch. What is this fucking Thai business? Oh, come on. Forget about my Thai, man. I heard about that little job you had uh, in Berlin. He did good. I mean, I already kind of explained my reasoning for this, but he, the moment he's on screen, it's like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, just great. And his interactions with all the characters is good. Obviously, the action stuff is great. Um, and he, when he goes into caveman mode or primal mode at the end, he's a completely different character. Like, he's just, his concern at that point is survival. Um, just a, a really good uh, performance by him in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, as we said before, I think this is one of his best roles. He, mm -hmm. uh, he really shines because we get to see him be the hard action guy. But at the same time, he's human. And in a lot of the times, he's more robotic than he is human. And I know that kind of feels like a, a typecast from Terminator films. But he's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's good. It's a solid performance. Yeah. Yeah, like even in like, like Terminator, obviously, he's more robotic. <laughs> but uh, in like Commando, even like, when the, the times that he tries to be human, it comes off as campy and silly in that movie. Mm -hmm. But in this one, it's it's more genuine. Uh, most underrated performance. So for this one, I went with Carl Weathers as Dylan. Extraction necessary. Say again, Blazer One. Say again. Roger, Blazer One. 10.30 hours. Damn bastards. They say we're still in too far, and they can't risk coming in after us. The assets, Dylan. Expendable assets. It comes with the job. I can accept it. Bullshit. You're just like the rest of us. Shitload of good a chopper's gonna Now, this might have been somewhat um, flavored by the fact that I am a fan of Carl Withers in general. Uh, but <laughs> I felt like he did a great job. You know, he, he plays, you know, the best friend role in the beginning and he does it really well. He's like, he's happy to see Dutch and they're like all catching up and, you know, he hangs with them and it's great. And then slowly over the movie, we see his lie get exposed and it leads to this explosive confrontation between the two of them um, where, you know, that's a great scene in and of itself, seeing two really good friends coming hit, butting heads like that. They're both real, you know, alpha type guys and uh, seeing them kind of clash over that. That was a, it was a great scene. Mm -hmm. And uh, then his, you know, sort of redemption at the end. Um, I think all in all, he he did great in this film. And, you know, when you talk about Predator, you don't really say, oh, yeah, that had that had old Carl Withers in it. You know, you don't see that. So, uh, you know, shout out to Apollo Creed. I think he's, he did great. I think he's a great actor and he was uh, underrated in this film. Shout out to Combat Carl. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I wanted to mention uh, actually a nitpick that I had that I didn't think about that involves Carl Weathers and Arnold. Okay. 
Um, it's at the beginning. They're like, "You son of a," and they. Oh yeah, one of the best scenes of fun. all time. Yeah, great. They're having fun, and then they get to business, and the captain or whoever the guy is is telling them about the job, and Carl Weathers is like, "Yeah, I'm coming with you," and Arnold's like, "What? I work a no." Oh yeah, and he's like, "You know, like, I work alone." I thought they were buddies. Like, why, why is he so serious now? He's like, oh, no, you're not coming with me. Um, that was weird. Well, you know, and there's a lot of relationships out there where you've got your work relationship and you've got your business relationship. And maybe yeah. that's what we were seeing was that that switch being flipped. I guess it's possible. Um, so I already spoiled or curtailed my uh, pick as Bill Duke as, as Mac. What a surprise. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, so let's move on to favorite scene. What's your favorite scene? You said you had two. Yeah, I've got two. Uh, the first one is uh, whenever they first come across the Predator and they they just go nuts blowing the jungle up with everything they do. that scene and it's one of the most standout scenes in this entire film for me I don't know what it is about it it's it's just hearing that chain gun and seeing the leaves just falling and trees falling and everybody's like shooting and I I, I can't explain why I love that scene so much but I absolutely love that scene mm-hmm. uh, and then you know it ends and it just kind of you just hear the spin of the chain gun before he finally cuts it off. And it's just the silence. And uh, yep. Man, I love it. I love that scene. It's great. So I think it's for, yeah. for me, it's like it's because it goes on so long. And because before they started, there was a jungle in front of them. But when they end, it's open space. Yeah. <laughs> Except for like a couple of trees. It's just pure guilty pleasure action movie guns firing going crazy. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's just I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh the second one is probably the the better scene from a more um reviewer point of view. And I think this scene is absolutely incredible. And this is the I was going to mention I was just going to go with the blowing up the jungle, but I want to mention this scene in particular because it's it's visually, I think it is a just absolute achievement. And that is right after Arnold or Dutch is he's running from the predator and he falls down a waterfall. And uh, this is the scene he, he crawls out of the water and he's covered in mud 
and he pulls himself underneath a tree and he kind of plants himself in some tree roots with his arms spread out and he mm -hmm. holds super still. And he's, he doesn't know at this point that the mud camouflages his body heat from the predator. And so he's just sitting there being completely still and the predator comes and looks for him. And, you know, it's not the scene with the predator. It is the scene where we see him frozen. You can't see anything but his eyes looking with kind of fear and also a little bit of, well, predatory nature. And it's so well put together, that scene is. Because mm -hmm. basically everything's like one color except for Arnold's eyes. But you can see everything completely clear. It's lit perfect. Uh, it is just such a visual treat, that, that scene. And I love it. It is super well done. And I like it so much I had to give it to two. And this is the other one that wins. This is yeah. the more definitely the more artistic and movie related scene. The other <laughs> one was just pure action, adrenaline, fun. And I just love it. But this one, yeah. uh, if I really had to pick one, that's what I would pick. For sure. Yeah, both are good picks. Um yeah. <laughs> on on either side of the uh uh scales or however you say that term mm -hmm. uh it's good um mine is sort of a combination of the two that you mentioned it's i think it's both visually beautiful or, or at least interesting but also action oriented and that's uh well it's it's more than a scene i guess but it's the sequence where dutch is Still in mud, he's getting ready to prepare to, to fight the predator. So he's building all these traps and uh, setting stuff up. Like I mentioned before, there's the torches uh, in the background and he he's yelling at the, the sky and it's like uh, he, he basically went primal. Uh, and then the ensuing fight after that where Arnold's just taking a beating like he's there. He's trying to fight him fist to uh, mano a mano uh, and he's losing. And it's almost by accident that he ends up killing the predator uh, because his trap didn't work. The predator was too, too smart for him, but he ended up improvising and finding a way to, to drop that log on his, on his head. Uh, just a great final fight and a huge buildup because the entire movie it's predator versus prey. Like predator is, he's just taking them down one by one. Um, they haven't really had a chance for a fair fight, and this last fight, it's a, it's pretty well even, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, at least at least Dutch has a fighting chance, and uh, very good. 
uh, it was worth the wait. <laughs> it's a good choice. Definitely a good choice. All right, the salt award. What do you have? What is what's something that made you salty? Didn't like. So the salt award was an easy one for me. And I've already mentioned it once, but to me, it is the overuse of the infrared vision in the final fight. You know, you've got this amazing setting. You've got two aesthetically amazing characters in the Predator and Dutch going at each other. And we get what feels like minutes of just blobs of color on the screen, you know? (laughs) I, I liked seeing his vision when he took the mask off, how it changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think that's all I needed to see. I didn't need to see all these cuts of him fighting Dutch in blobs of psychedelic looking colors. You know, it bugged me. I, I didn't want it in there. Mm-hmm. Show me what it looks like from the Predator's point of view once. And then when they're fighting, I don't need to cut out. I want to see all that. And I felt sad that there were pieces that I didn't get to see. So uh, easily that gets the salt award for me. Yeah, I can sort of get behind that throughout the entire movie, really, because what they do is they change the visual and then they also make this weird noise Mm -hmm. behind it. And all the characters audio is kind of high pitched or distorted. Um, so it's interesting, but at the same time, he uses it all the time because he's got his helmet on. That's what he, that's what ha- they're trying to show his perspective. Uh, but he does use it a lot. And I, I can sort of see where you come from there. Um, for me, it was another Predator feature, and I've already talked about it, but it was the camo. If, mm-hmm. if that had been done differently or maybe even taken out uh, or something, I think this is a perfect movie. <laughs> it's uh, oh wow, yeah, that's yeah, outrageous. It's, it's that camo is pretty bad, uh, yeah. and I get it. They were trying something interesting, and it it just didn't translate. And like you said earlier, it, in '87, it probably was wonderful. Like, how do they do that? How do they pull that off in this movie? Um, but it just it's not, it's the one uh, piece of the movie that hasn't aged well. <clears throat> so that's, that's why I'm salty about it. I think that's a valid complaint. All right. Anything else you want to mention before we close? Um, well, there is one thing left to cover. What is that? The next film. Yes. What is your pick? I Do think- you have it? I think, John, that when I look at a list of movies <laughs> that you that may or may not have, have in front of you, adapted, adapted, that have been adapted from the works of the prolific writer Stephen King, ah. I am daunted. <laughs> this list is huge, Mr. Mm-hmm. John Murphy. And we do one movie every two weeks. And it's been a while since we've continued down the King's journey. Mm -hmm. So it is time to continue down that road, John. Yes. 
And so, unless I'm incorrect, the next movie on our list, released in December the 9th, 1983, Christine. Ooh. Good one. Plus, you know, spooky season's right around the corner. I'm ready to start getting geared up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was looking for the information about it. John Carpenter directed it. Mm Mm-hmm. Why can't I find... That movie on IMDb. How do you spell it? C H R I S T I N E. C H R I S T. Christine. Oh, there we go. I don't know what I was doing. Well, that's awesome. That's a good movie. And also a pretty darn good book. Yeah. It's time uh, to it's time to take another step down the road, John. Yeah. Well, join us in two weeks, and we will be reviewing the 1983 horror film, Christine, starring Keith Gordon, directed by none other than John Carpenter. We would love it if you'd subscribe to the Cinema Men podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can head over to cinemamenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We love to hear from listeners, so if you have a suggestion or want to give us your take on a movie, you can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. Thanks for listening. Oh, one more note I'm going to throw out there. Oh. Be sure to stay tuned to the podcast and look for Arnold movies because I know you guys want to hear more of my expert-level Arnold impersonation. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Hasta la vista, baby. I think the problem is it's too gravelly. Like, you need a a little more of a... Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back. (laughs) That's better.